Welcome everybody to The Lonely Tardis, your journey through Time Lords and space where four wonderful companions come together to talk Doctor Who and the Hooniverse. This is going to be a fantastic, fantabulous, superistic, I've run out of fake words and adjectives and such. Uh, we're going to talk about two episodes this week. I'm Dolly Domovsky. Joining me is Marcus Beer. Not if you continue to talk like that, I won't. <laughs> oh, I was hoping to turn you on. I may be turning on Steven Strom. You're, you are not. Damn it. And uh, I have at least returned Sean Norton. Yeah, you sound like you're having a stroke. Marcus sounds like he's in the shower. I'm back. Oh, boy. Hello, gentlemen. It's great to have, Hello. Great to oh, have it you. It sounds guys. like somebody's moving furniture. <laughs> or causing thunder. Um, it's good to have you all back together with with us. Uh, all four of us has been. I think it's been almost a month since all four of us have been together. Um, we have a lot to talk about this week because we we didn't necessarily miss last week, but we postponed it because it was the holiday week here in the U.S. So we, as a group, decided, you know what? Let's just do a super episode this week where we talk about two Doctor Who episodes, Kerblam. And the witch finders, uh, and uh, I think um, I think the format we've been doing the last couple times, couple three times, has been fairly good. Where we just sort of make it uh, an open an open form instead of trying to be real rigid and, and hold our comments to kind of these shorter shorter spurts of uh, of, of commentary and opinion. Uh, I'm going to read the quick summary, the plot summary for uh, Kerblam, and uh, then we'll get right into it. <clears throat> this episode, the Doctor and her companion, and thank you, Wikipedia, as usual, Doctor and her companions travel to Kerblam, which is this giant uh, galaxy-wide uh, shopping service, the Amazon of the future, after they receive um, an order of a Fez and uh, a message that said, help me. They show up at, Kerbl- at Kerblam. Um, they try to find out who sent that delivery with that call for help. They run into... Um, uh, Several new colleagues over there, humans that are essentially uh, working alongside robots and androids and so forth. There's very few humans there. Um, uh, in the end, they come to realize that uh, Charlie quickly, ad- Charlie, who's one of the one of the humans, quickly admits to being the culprit, and he explains that um, uh, uh, you know his motive was to kind of pre- to prevent the rampant automation making human workforces redundant. And so um, his plan, of course, was to uh, make everybody hate the robots. He sent sort of a fake call um, for help and uh, in hoping that we would wipe out the robots and the androids and such and um, let humanity take over. Alas, sorry, poor Charlie. Poor Charlie, it was not to be. Uh, Gentlemen, what did you think of Kerblam? got a lot of thoughts on this all right well then go go for it do it you said you got a lot of thoughts on this steven i i'm not starting i (laughs) i i started last time and i have a lot of thoughts on this one but i want to hear what you guys thought first Okay. Didn't we all we all said in private that we enjoyed it, and then Stephen and I kind of inadvertently watched it at the same time separately, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, well that that was a nice twist, and I didn't see that coming." And you were like, "Oh Jesus, fuck! Oh, I can't believe they did! Oh God, <laughs> what a horrible twist! It's so fucking dog shit. It's oh, a wow. of an episode. This you're gonna force you're gonna force my hand is what's gonna happen here. You're gonna make me uh, talk about this because you're gonna I have a question put it on me. I have a question for you." Did you enjoy the episode? I don't echo through your guys' ears. Did you enjoy the episode until the ending, Steve? Yes, yes, totally. Yeah. Like I thought it was a fairly decent dish episode. Uh, you know, even no, better than decent dish. It was it was it was a perfectly strong, fine episode uh, throughout up until that very until up until that like last twist, which is just the show trying to be I don't know if it's run by the um, sitting Democratic Party of the United States, if the show had just got taken over by the neoliberals uh, in general, um, to become a weird sort of uh, nightmare post-capitalist uh, 
horror show, or if they were just trying to be too clever by half and trying to, like, oh, our t we're going to undercut everything that we have been trying to set up in this episode in the most, like, tone-deaf and most, like, inappropriate way humanly possible uh, at the last second because we want to have a good twist. It's like, ah, oh, nobody will see that coming. And the fact that it is insultingly terrible and, and like, a shitty political statement, be damned. Uh, we didn't even realize it or whatever. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It could be either one. Or, either or. Take your pick. Uh, <laughs> I'll take the or. Take wait, wait, wait. How do you... <laughs> I'm confused. Neoliberal? Like, why would the... Why? Mm. The, the, like, oh, capitalism is good. Like, you know, oh, like, like working the, you know, working these people to death. No unions are, like, deregulation is bad. Or, or deregulation is good. Um, the, the worker who... I think who, you're confusing neoliberal with conservative right, because... That those, is, that's kind of what neoliberal is, actually. Yeah, like, yeah. okay. Neoliberal is hire more women guards. Like, neoliberal is we, <laughs> we are basically... Hire more women doctors? No, no. Uh, <laughs> Not if the, no, because the, the doctor doesn't carry guns, uh, so it's different. True. Um, no, like neoliberal is is, is like uh, uh, fiscally conservative, uh, socially liberal, with like without the like understanding that those two things are incompatible. In that a is the worst. That is the worst Jeopardy question. What is combining liberal and conservative views? What is neoliberal? Mm -hmm. Uh yeah uh, yeah what a what a what a what a dog shit episode <laughs> like, hey, what a terrible... I'm, I I need to dive in here um I wanted to, I didn't want to go first like, <laughs> drag me in I'm so glad you did you got to set the tone we because I, yeah. I, I wanted you I wanted to hear your perspective and to see if you would change my mind or if we agreed on anything but go ahead Dolly well, well no I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in with a little bit of this this talk um I I do say and we've been this has been bubbling up the whole season right there's this whole sort of um, uh, kind of really pushing the liberal side of of arts and of, of issues and stuff with Doctor Who, um, and in this case, I don't know which side this episode falls on because there is the side where, yeah, we really do need to um, support humans, and then there's the side where, but we still want cheap shit. And um, I'm I work in the automotive industry for my full time gig, where. Everyone wants to drive a cheaper car, but no one wants to pay for it. So let's automate everything, including the drivers. And that's all That's all coming. It's all happening. And you got homeboy Elon Musk who wants to get rid of every human worker in his factories and replace them with robots so he can have cheaper cars that nobody will drive because no one can afford them. Um, so you get to Kerblam, which is uh, another mirror to society of where things are going. That's the, you know... Apparently, in the future, there are still humans working, so that's a good sign. But um, I, there has been a lot of messaging in this season of Doctor Who, and it's um, it, it's at the point now where I'm like, okay, what's this week's message going to be before I even get into what the episode is? Yes, wh whatever that cry was in the back, I think I may be agreeing with it. <laughs> Uh, that's that cry in the background right now is my opinion of the last ten minutes <laughs> of this episode. We, I, I'll record that separately. You can just edit it in for Beautiful. my segment, Dally. Just uh, make sure, like, <laughs> as we careened into the worst fucking episode of the season so far, Sean. Sean, you so you and um, uh, <laughs> you and Stephen were basically live tweeting this at each other in our in our in our Twitter group and. Stephen went one way, you went the other way. So I want to know your and your reasoning behind your thoughts. Well, I think I really liked it until I, I, I feel like it was a solid, if not good, episode of the show that really didn't stick the landing. Um, I'm not as upset about the ending as Steve is, as as you can tell. <laughs> um, and also, I think I was confused. You, you said the current city Democrats, you said neoliberalism. My brain just heard liberal. So you're right. The neoliberalism side of it is 100% accurate. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. That said, I, this is a show that continues to try to like, I don't know. It's like, it's almost like it's trying to tell old school stories in a way to remind people for the most part that, hey, this is still Doctor Who, which we've talked about in the past. But then it tries to like push the boundaries and tell these stories like you're saying, Dolly, but it never sticks to landing. Like it's, it feels like it, it, it keeps trying to decide what it wants to be and it mashes the two things together and you wind up getting a pretty solid episode. 
with a disappointing ending, or you get a doctor whose moral compass is all the fuck over the place, or whatever the, the issues are week on and week out. And and I don't know. Again, it's not, it's not an issue with the actors or anything like that. For the most part, it's it's kind of the writing just being. I don't know, all over the place. Like there was so much to like about this episode. And then the last yeah, 10 minutes, yeah. the, the ending is just like, like if the, I feel like for the most part, she really channels um, a lot of Tennant's doctor, right? Um, even down to some of the facial expressions. I don't know if you've seen people putting together like the, the comparisons of the face they make and stuff. And, and that's cool. Like I, I appreciate that they're finally doing some throwbacks to the old, you know, the, the last couple of years and before that, which they seem for the most part this season to be avoiding. Um, but I feel like if this was like a tenant episode and and it ended the way it did and people were dying and like mm-hmm. the response to this, oh, well, uh, well, we're going to put a word in and try to get people two weeks sick leave. Um, and when we eventually get this place up and running, we'll bring them on a shuttle to go home for free. But that's in like a month. And just just hand wave away the fact that we're like working these people to death. And, you know, it's all this other shit. And, like, Tennant would have just, like, he just would have flipped the shit and, like, waved the the house down and burned the whole place to the ground. Um, And and I don't know. I just feel like this doctor continually walks away from these situations that other doctors would have just been outraged by. And at the very least commented on. Mm -hmm. But she was just, like, okay with it. Like, she's like, well, I stopped the one guy and – yeah, some people died, but what are you going to do? Well, and it's it's not even that. Can I can I interrupt? Sure. Can I cut in? Okay. Sure. Sorry. It's it's not even just that. Like she walks away from it and just kind of nods her head and is okay with it. They literally lay out like everything that happened in in and is about to happen in text yep. of the show, and she just nods and is like, "Oh yeah, that seems reasonable." And it's <laughs> we go from like first off, we're we're establishing that like ah yes, uh, the. <laughs> it's the it's the very neoliberal like I gotta hear both sides. It's like oh, but it's it's extremists on both sides who are really responsible for all this stuff. So of course, what we get is two pencil pushing white collar like employee workers who really are just like looking out for the people. They want the humans to do well. They want it's a people powered company, and like that stuff is like presented throughout the entire episode as very much like ah, oh, this is suspicious because of course it's fucking suspicious. Um, but then the big twist is that like oh no, they weren't. It wasn't really like you would think that they were the bad guys, the 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 rich uh, uh, um, middle management people who like you know have let these people fall through the cracks and fall through the system or whatever, um, and get literally killed under their watch uh, repeatedly. Uh, they're the good guys. They've really got everybody's best interests at heart. So maybe they're a little misguided, but it's fine. And then, but the guy who's actually willfully going to become a genocidal, like a million time serial killer, is the guy who's just like, hey, maybe we should have unions. It's like, mm, what is with this extremism? I cannot believe that you would bring it into into this uh, system. It's it's people like you, says the doctor, that make this system like that that abuse the system and make it not work or whatever. And there's maybe a version of the, that story that I'm more willing to hear, even though I think it's kind of such a loaded statement to make when you are talking about like a uh, our current political climate. And you know, in fairness, this episode was likely shot, you know, months ago. You know, at this point, they're they are not up to date completely on this. Is an obvious like reference to Amazon and stuff like that. So they are obviously like not completely up to date on the like current goings on with Amazon and the strikes and, and things like that going around the world. Like that's that the, there is definitely a little bit of, of um, uh, current events coloring my opinion of something that was probably not written with the exact right information in mind right now, but <laughs> it's still like such a hard stance between like, Oh, I really just want the people to, to here to uh, do better and to, to have as much, uh, you know, impact as they can and to have be fulfilled through work and labor and stuff like that. And also I'm going over here going to blow up 10 million people <laughs> with, with uh, bubble wrap, uh, which I don't think we established. That was the, that was the evil plan was to blow up all the people who get receiving packages from space, Amazon with the, with explosive nanobomb bubble wrap, which, okay. Leaving, leaning back <laughs> into the <laughs> ending which is the doctor is like, ah, oh, the system's not bad. The system is fine. They'll, they'll, they'll figure out a way. These rich people will figure out a way to, to make the system work or whatever. And it's totally fine with the system murdering a woman. Yeah, <laughs> like murdering I was just going to bring that up. Yep. Oh, yep. my God. That was ridiculous. <laughs> the doctor loves people dying. The doctor loves people. Hey, apparently. Apparently. Hey, hey, Marcus. Yeah. Hey, Marcus. What did you think of this episode? Okay, so first up, um, it's not necessarily, it's partly a slam on Amazon. 
but it's also a rather heavy slam on a company called Sports Direct in the UK and zero contracts and um, no minimum wage. And it's also the gig economy, uh, Uber. This is why we have you on Dine this Dash, You know, uh, DoorDash, uh, Uber Eats, mm-hmm. all that. It, basically that gig economy where people hire consultants, left, right, and centers. They don't have to pay um you know, they don't have to pay social security contributions for them or health insurance or whatever. It's zero hours contracting. And uh, Ryan actually does mention, oh, I used to work for sports. And it was obviously a reference to Sports Direct, which is basically mm. a bunch of people in factories packaging up like expensive Nike trainers and whatnot and sports tops and shipping them out around the country and not being able to buy them themselves. It's the same as companies sub subcontracting their hotel uh, maintenance and housekeeping out to another company uh, you know another company so they don't have to pay you know benefits and then that other company hires people on as cons- you know on zero hour contracts and that's what the episode is a slam on uh yes there was some twists and some turns we you know me and the wife were watching and we thought all oh, right so he's the bad guy no she's the bad guy and all right neither of them at the end of the day are the bad guy which was good it kept on throwing me for loops the bad guy in the end was i think the message was zero hour contracts are bad and these companies are bad um but violence is not the answer so that's that's what I took from it that they're the, this uh, you know that that mm. that would be their messaging. I do agree that the doctor, especially when we go back to the the um, Matt Smith um, episodes where um, oh it was before um, it was before uh, Amy Pond got kidnapped and uh, they had that that. Um, doppelganger made of the milk stuff the living milk whatever the remember that one yeah the rebel flesh the rebel flesh so if you remember the end of rebel flesh what does the doctor do he drops the flesh off and they go and 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 tell everybody that they need to be treated uh as right uh, that was a labor politics episode wasn't it i forgot about that it well this is why they pay me the big bucks (laughs) um so that doctor Went and did it. Went and did that, and which is what we would all hope for them to do. This doctor didn't do that because I'm beginning to think that, despite my initial liking for the Chibnall era and some of the messaging, that the guy's basically a more lovey version of Stephen Moffat. Uh, and by lovey, I mean. Um, in the UK, if you uh, if you work at the BBC or you know you're you're involved in arts and drama, it's like oh, lovey darling, and this, that, and the other, and it's basically uh, you know just a piss take mm-hmm. of uh, you know these 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 left wing lovies. And look, I'm a filthy socialist. I hate zero hour contracts. I think everybody should be paid a living wage and should be looked after by the state, Money. so that everybody has got healthcare and all that sort of stuff. You know me, filthy liberal, a filthy liberal, filthy socialist. Um, I think. Chris Chibnall has bitten off more than his big head can chew. Um, this is the guy who did Broadchurch. Season one was fantastic. Season two, and apparently there was a season three, which I didn't even watch. Um, this is the, you know, the first couple of episodes were great. And then he turned into, oh, look, let's repeat it. Let's, re- let's repeat Rosa, but set in India. Um, let's do this episode. And as you guys say, um, fumble the ending. Um, let's make this doctor a total, a total voyeur. That's all she does. Um, up until the next episode, we're going to talk about right, which I think actually does kind of directly address some more of the problems that you had specifically talked about last episode. Um, but yeah, yet again, she is a voyeur and people, you know, mm-hmm. she walks away from doing the right thing as the doctor is supposed to be, as I've said before, the most liberal of liberals, uh, you know, just like that Jesus bloke, apparently. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, I enjoyed it because the twists and turns were pretty good. I enjoyed the sci-fi setting. 
Um, getting pretty sick of. I mean, I mean, I've never really enjoyed hugely um, the historical shit. I learned that in school, mm-hmm. uh, but I understand a lot of people didn't, especially in this country. Um, so I understand what needs to be done, um, and it needs to be done. And it needs to be, you know, a little bit of education. Like I said, Rosa was just one of the best episodes. I thought it was no perfect because it played up the strong points of being a voyeur because you needed it, but you couldn't interfere. You had right. to let it run its course. And um, then I'm, and the, I'm, oh, sorry, go, go, sorry. Go. No, no, you talk, really? talk, I, go, I, go I, ahead, I, Marcus. Oh, yeah. yeah Sean, so, get um, in here. Like I said, I, I enjoyed the episode on the whole. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they fumbled the ending a little bit. It was muddled. Um, but I think, you know, I got where they were going and I certainly enjoyed it more than the one the week before. So what I was going to say is um, after having everything that I said on the kind of the social side of things, I actually did enjoy this this episode um, a lot more uh, because it was set in space. Thank God it was set in space. <laughs> it was set in the future. It was set in something that was out of reach and made me sort of be in awe at, I mean, I thought the robot designs were fantastic. It's right. a total throwback. Um to uh, past characters. I don't know if you guys looked at any of the, uh, some of the tie-ins, but there's lots of past characters and lots of callbacks. And I loved it. I loved that aspect of it. And I actually thought the, um, the premise was kind of interesting. I, I, I loved the twist at the end uh, from, from, shut up, Steven. I I love you. (laughs) I love the twist at the end because it was, it wasn't just another robot. It was a human. And I granted the messaging was, totally missed its mark but um uh the the only complaint i have with this episode is what marcus said in that this doctor this is doctors who i think this season um at at least through these uh first seven episodes uh in that it's not about this gallifreyan it's about this group of folks and, and that's that's good but um, you you never really get to know who the who the doctor is, and to this point, we still don't know. Still don't know. Seven weeks in, uh, who this doctor is supposed to be? Besides, um, you know the the was it the, the witness in Marvel or the Watcher in the watcher. in Marvel? Watcher, the Watcher. Yeah, exactly. Like that's all the doctor is. It's just I want to let's see. I'm gonna, I'm going to sit back and see how things play out, and that'll be it. And so, um, but I did really enjoy this. This episode, it's it's, yeah. it's mm. I, uh, <laughs> I there's a lot to there, Well, I think or everybody makes really good points, and I think there was a lot to like about this in terms of just being good Doctor Who. But for me personally, to Dolly, a little bit similar to what you were saying, it's all adding up now to to a walking contradiction of a character, right? And yep, I can't yep. tell if it's if it's me or the show. I can't tell if it's just this is this isn't the character or the character is supposed to be, or if it's me expecting like everything I've seen from past doctors now put on this one. Whereas the show is just like no, like this doctor is to Marcus's point of a voyeur. This doctor is going to be more of a watcher, not interfere or. More conservative because you can argue the show is more conservative now than it's been in a long time, um, and 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 that's because it's a walking contradiction, and and we've seen it in all the different episodes from the spiders to here to the guy who was going to kick up the guy from the very first episode and bring him back and torture him for his lifetime, and and she blew him up inside. The guy kicked him off a crane, and she's like, "You don't have any right to do that." What? What are you talking about? Like it, it's just it's, it's it's every episode there's something like this, and I, I think it's just sort of adding up to, I don't know. Something's missing still, I guess, um, for me, or, or I, I don't know. I don't really know how else to describe it besides just just the contradictory nature of it right now. I agree. My, the the one thing I would say to that, and I I don't want to I don't want to push us into the talking about the next episode if we're not ready, but I, I do just want to say that this the this most recent episode, uh, uh, yesterday's episode, felt to me like the first time that there was a certain continuity addressing that contradiction at the near the very beginning of the episode we have like the the new episode is the is the witch's one which i'm sure Daly will explain in a minute but mm-hmm. um the doctor sees somebody about to get like drowned by witches and it's in history it's a historical event it's something going on in the past <laughs> which is a, which is a time that we would like think that the doctor would be like oh i 
can in there I, I can't interfere here like that which is part of why it doesn't work in the kerblam episode because like oh it's the future and stuff like that and i know the time is weird for the doctor but we've never really like as long as it's not our past the the doctor uh, dying doctor who has always seemed to be kind of like ah is if it's our future it doesn't count you know it, it, you don't have to um worry about interfering with the timeline it's it's fine in the future um so it makes no sense at the end of kerblam when the when the people are literally like <laughs> we're going oh we're going to do a thorough investigation of our system the we the people who were responsible for all this like nightmare to begin with are going to do a thorough investigation of our system and we're going to give our employees a whole two weeks off uh -huh. also also the weird i don't know if anybody caught the contradiction there of like we're going to give our employees two weeks off and it's going to take four weeks to fix the murder system <laughs> so the yeah. employees are going to be expected to come back to work for two weeks when they still haven't figured out if they fixed the system and they can't go home because it'll take four weeks to get the shuttles up and running so they're trapped there with the murder system they have to fix uh, so they don't get their two weeks off until afterwards it's it's fucking oh anyway but i think that the the, the witch uh the witches episode was the one where we kind of like saw because i believe it's gray says out loud hey what happened to not, not interfering and that was the first time where to me it felt like the episode like uh uh because these episodes have been so self-contained so far it's mm -hmm. been part of it um unlike past seasons of doctor who which has had which had its major 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 problems i think it was that actually the root of a lot of the biggest problems of the moffat era was that trying to stack too much on top of itself and moffat just not having the chops to continue that and i overall still think i prefer this method even though i'm starting to see the seams a little bit more but now we've got a little bit of a callback to the actions in, that were performed in a previous episode to the point where it actually gives me some hope that by the end of the season, we are going to – the fact that the Doctor doesn't want to get involved with different things is actually going to be a character beat, and we're going to move past it um, at the end of her – like uh, at the end of this arc and then come back, you know, into the – hopefully into the next season, however long or short that's going to be, with a like more defined, stronger character. Well, let's um, let's I'm do losing our hope about that. Let's do oh. our final ratings for this episode, uh, and then we'll move on to Witchfinders. So, out of out of five fezes, uh, Stephen, how many fezes do you give this? Um, zero, because I do not participate in your bourgeois capitalist economy that would require the <laughs> what kind of labor? Where was that fez sourced from, Dally? Uh, Built in a textile mill. Hmm. So three. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, how many do you, do you get? It? Three. Fuck you. Marcus? I'm giving it four. Yep, I agree with you. I'm going with four on my end oh. as well. Very good. This is the first time that Marcus has, Marcus has been on the higher end. Uh, 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 I should say that the higher true. end of the group. So since, Marcus is since usually since high. No, I, I thought Rosa was fantastic. Yeah, he liked him all until, uh, you know. This might be the first time I have been extremely down on an episode and Marcus is yes. extremely high on that episode. No, uh, it's happened before. It's, it's interesting that the ending wiped out everything else for you, Steve. Uh, and like I and I'm 100% addressing like my own personal like I'm, you know, very passionately lean towards like collective materialism and marxism and uh, socialism and all that stuff as well. And you know, tensions are high right now in the, in this country and in the rest of the world and so I I'm, I'm definitely more sensitive to some of this stuff. And I admit that like emotion is playing a big factor in this. I thought the robots looked cool. I thought that the drama of the episode was was Fairly good going back and forth. It definitely kept me guessing. You're, you're right about that. Uh, it kept me guessing for the wrong reasons because <laughs> the way it kept me guessing was yeah. that the ending was going to be this illogical piece of garbage. But um, <laughs> but but there were there were things to like about the episode, but it just so severely undercuts its own messaging towards the end, and it makes me like wonder about previous episodes because it is that hire more women guards like. The, the appearance and the of the superficial appearance of diversity and, the, and all that stuff throughout the season but also fundamentally we want we want to continue like believing in this corrupt system that like cannot be squared with the same beliefs that they have been trying to espouse throughout the rest of the season like we've had the episode you know that the demons of the Punjab which was very much like you know there was an element of like race and, and religion in that and like oh let people believe what they want or whatever and we had the Rosa episode um to a lesser degree we had the kind of like more uh environmentalist friendly spider episode and but then also at the end of the day like they they come out with their true colors and say like but also the existing system is what's right. Do, like you, you union loving 
uh, commies out there can can uh, really need to lay off. It's just such a misunderstanding of like the. Not, I was going to say like the the current situation, but it's like the entire history of like labor movements and like the uh, the the hierarchy of violence and the, how violence is deployed in society. You know, by the by the people with the power and versus the people uh, below with without um, a, the ability to fight for themselves without collective bargaining and stuff like that. It's just. They did it to themselves. Like, they literally brought up unions and stuff in this episode, you know? And, it does. Yeah. I do wonder, before, right before we move on, um, it's a very interesting thing to think about. It's almost like they've, they've cast a woman in the role, and, and I wonder if they feel like they had to, to walk back a little bit of what this character has always been with mm-hmm. the, the really progressive, really liberal, really out there mm-hmm. rage of the things like this. Um, sure. It's 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 been fascinating to see because there's very little rage, there's very little anger with that that, that really gets this doctor wanting to bring things down. Um, right. right. Well, that's it. I'm so happy. Like Steve, yeah. I, I've I've waited for a week to trigger you, and you did not. <laughs> you did not disappoint. Well, I you know I you know me. I am a snowflake. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. Well, uh, you know who's not a snowflake Marcus. is a a witch. Um, Mm, that's rough, Dally. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I've, I've got to get better at these segues. What <laughs> the hell was that? Episode <laughs> eight of series season eleven, series eleven, the Witch Finders. Uh, this was, uh, I believe, it was uh, directed by Sally Abrahamian and written by Joey Wilkinson. By the way, the previous episode directed by Jennifer Pratt and written by Peter McTee. Uh, the group arrive in Lancashire. During uh, 1612, they land near Pendle Hill. Uh, they observe Becca Savage duck a uh, dunk. Sorry, though they say duck, I had the. Okay. All right, they uh, duck a woman in the water uh, as a witch, trying to drown her. Um, uh, to prevent further trials, the doctor informs Savage she is the Witchfinder General, only to be greeted by King James the First, who pops King out of nowhere. James the First, King James, James the First. <laughs> Uh, who is paranoid and obsessed with witches. Yaz meets with uh, Willa, who was the, uh, the granddaughter of the lady that was ducked, <laughs> protects her uh, when a strange tendril comes running out of the ground or jump, leaping out of the ground at her. The doctor discovers that trial victims have been possessed by an alien entity, believes that Savage is hiding something. After deeming the doctor a witch, Savage orders her to be ducked, but she survives. Savage reveals she was inflicted while chopping down a tree on the hill, inflicted by the strange alien mud. I Jerry, guess. Are you having a stroke? It's afflicted? Inflicted? I don't even think inflicted is a word. I, you know, it's Wikipedia. It's this stupid... Oh, Wikipedia. are you Are you just I'm, reading I'm, off? I'm of, quite okay. literate. Uh, the trial victim... <laughs> Inflicted abuse on, upon someone. Oh no, that's right. Yeah, I'm you're right. No, no, no. That's that. You're right about that. But inflict does still does not seem like the right word here. In, uh, she was inflicted by the by a disease. Like you're afflicted by a thing. The trial, all the trial victims that have been killed. <laughs> you're right. That is the word. I fucked up there. They arrive out of the, the mud monsters. Arrive. They possess uh, Savage. Savage now identifies as what's known as the Morax Queen. And uh, Doctor discovers that Savage uh, damaged the high-tech jail on Pendle Hill when she was uh, chopping down this tree where the Morax were imprisoned. Um, and then uh, she learns that they intend to have their king possess King James. The Doctor uses the tree Savage took to fight them back, to like pull some strange power out of it. The group rescues James, reestablishes the jail, imprisons the Morax, James declares that all records of the event be erased, and he and Willa, the granddaughter, watch as the group leave in the TARDIS. Um, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, straight, I'm going to start with Strange Episode. This reminded me a lot of, uh, the was it the Robots of Sherwood? Sherwood? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, I hadn't it, thought about that episode in a long time. Yeah, I, I had blocked on my memory. Um, it reminded me a lot about that, uh, that episode because you have this sort of historical... Um, British figure, in this case, King James. And Marcus, feel free to tell me how wrong I am in every single one of these things because I do know nothing about, uh, about Britain. Um, uh, except that I know one wonderful Welsh man that came from there. Um, uh, Jeez. <laughs> Subtle. Subtle. No, so um, it, it reminded me a lot about it because it was just out of reach historically from like, you know, a lot of 
there's not there's like no I, I didn't find any social implications or anything in this that they were trying to 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 push on onto. Um, okay, I know we all hate mud monsters. I get it, uh, but um, the aliens <laughs> are kind of weak. And, and she mentioned the doctor. I think one one point mentions how they'd been there. Like it must have been here for a, over a billion a billion years. And I'm thinking, oh, there wouldn't have been land masses a billion years ago. Uh, sorry, Doc. But um, isn't it weird? After watching this episode, the thing that dawned on me was, isn't it weird that uh, Earth seems to be like 99.9% aliens and like 0.01% humans because there are so many fucking aliens. Pardon my French. Uh no. So many aliens on this alien planet. Shit. Oh, don't you remember though? Uh, Earth is actually just a uh, spider web cocoon uh, created by uh, a uh, alien queen with a uh, an egg moon. I forgot about that. Right. Yep. The, the never egg happened. An egg. Ne- nobody knows what you're talking about. The egg moon uh, thing never happened. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm no. pretty sure there was an Guys, what did, you, what did you think about the mud monsters, the mud witches, the ones that were introduced six minutes before the finale and promptly wiped out? Yep. No, they the the granny lady is like there in like the first oh. fifteen minutes. Yeah, they were cool, and the the tentacle as well. Yeah, I actually thought they looked really cool. Like they did I thought, look good. Everything uh, this season looked great. Yeah, totally, a hundred percent. The granny with the axe and the covered in the mud and stuff like that is like a. There's some, actually, I got some pretty terrifying. <laughs> yeah, and like the, I got some like Resident Evil Four vibes off of it. Oh, I'm, nice. I'm, I'm sure that yeah. wasn't like quite yeah. what they were going for or anything, but like. It just reminded me of those opening levels. And just Re- like, we could call it Resident Evil. Well, so moving on. Uh, <laughs> the yeah, heavy I, breathing is great. <laughs> I want to give somebody. I, I don't. I don't want to just stomp all over this. I'll give somebody else a chance to talk. But I, uh, yeah, I thought they look cool. Marcus, I want you to. I want you to kind of cool. lead off with this one. Why? Well, because you actually had some <laughs> interesting points to to say about the Kerblam. And I want to see if that goodwill carried over onto uh, Mud Monster Finders. Um, I'm sick of going back to fucking Lancashire. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, I would normally say no offense to the people of Lancashire, but fuck you you lot. Seriously. Uh, Your accent's fucking annoying. It's not as sexy as the Welsh one. This is a Welsh show (laughs) being made by a Welsh crew. And because the tosser writer showrunner in chief is from Sheffield, he wants everybody to talk like that, you know, our kid. Hey, up, oh, what? Hey, trouble up, Mill. Um, <laughs> and I'm just sick of those shrill ass accents. Um, yeah, send the doctor to Scotland for a bit. I mean, you know, Scotland, Ireland, France, Ooh, makes it up anywhere yeah. but bloody Sheffield. Uh, it was a middling episode for me. Um, it took way too long to figure out who the bad guys were. Way too much exposition of, oh, look, here's King James. King, it was King James, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, he's a dandy. He fancies Ryan, and he doesn't like talking to women. Woman, you're not in charge. Shut up. I'll talk to the other men. Uh, and it's like, oh, okay, so this is the first time technically we've seen that kind of thing happen in this season of Doctor Who. We knew it was coming, and it was handled with all the subtlety of a mallet. I mean, it was just like, oh, look at this. Uh, Oh, I never had this trouble when I were a bloke, when I had a penis, when it was Doctor and his two sonic screwdrivers, if you know what I mean. Nobody put up with my bullshit then, you know. Um, Yeah, it was... Could have done with the bad guys coming in a lot sooner. Um, the whole King James thing, Alan Cumming, great actor, but oh I, okay, God, I man, there was so much ham and, yeah, ham and cheese. Because I knew I recognized him, but I couldn't quite with the Yeah, he was Nightcrawler in X2. Um, he's obviously been a staple of British um, TV and theater for a long time. Like I said, very, very talented actor, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, there was more ham and cheese there than a than a, a baguette in Champs Elysees. Um, <laughs> I could have done without all the. the I mean, the, the detective stuff was just got a little bit too much. It felt like a bad Hardy Boys episode almost, where it's like, oh, we're following the clues. Oh, what's this? Why is that? Who's this? Why is these te- tentacles? But who's the real bad woman? Oh, why has she got an axe under her bed? Well, uh, I mean, it's. It just it just got too much. It would have been 
way more interesting to learn a little bit more about the aliens before the Doctor imprisoned them. Um, oh, yeah, about the Morax, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least this time the Doctor decided to act before, well, um, the only one who didn't, who did die was probably the, uh, um, it was the, the, the grandmother. Gen- the, or no, Alpha. No, the, the grandmother, she was going to die anyway. Whether the doctor the doctor tried to save her and failed miserably. Um, also, couldn't save Alphonse from getting Alphonse. Uh, got Alphonse, Al- yeah. he Alphonse got, got um, Sonic or whatever the hell it was. Minority um, Report shotgun. Yeah, um, but it just like I said, it just felt it felt mediocre. It felt a little bit twee. It just felt um like oh we're coming to you know it, it did feel uh, as to your points about the kablam episode oh look we've uh, we've put exposition out for the for 50 57 and a half minutes uh what we're going to do now oh fuck let's do some alien mud tentacle monsters i mean we've not learned anything about the alien civilizations or the aliens in the in, in the episode so far this season they all turn up a few minutes before the end. They get and they get defeated. They get locked up. They get zapped away or whatever. We're not learning anything about them at all. It's becoming really lazy sci-fi. Um, and when you you know you take a you know you look at the other the, the other two historical episodes, same thing happened again. We had learned we learned a little bit about the the ones in the, in the episode in India, um, but we didn't really learn anything about um you know the guy in the rosa episode and it's just it's it's almost like chibnall is writing uh, an episode of you know cops or something some nypd blue or csi tardis and it's all the clues all the uh, everything being thrown left right and center oh look and here's the little red herring here and we're going to go down this blind alley here and then it's aliens and the aliens are going to be put in the jail because they're tentacles and they were here before the earth was formed and now they're going to fill everybody full of mud and that's at the end thank you very much uh, i would watch by the way, guys i watch the hell out of csi tardis yeah yeah you'd be the only one yeah. no um, no uh, there'd be three of us yeah well you're all idiots and then we do a subpar podcast about uh, it <laughs> But I mean, that, that's what it feels like to me. He's writing um, like whodunits, and we get you know there's because again we you know he he's not he's terrified to show his hand early enough. We there's no chance to build up any empathy or understanding of the bad guys in this uh, in this uh, season. At least of the alien bad guys or the aliens, whatever. Well, I mean, if you think about you know again the Kabam episode, I mean, we didn't learn that much about that character. He wasn't a really integral character. Until uh, the you know the very end, where it's like aha, yeah, I, my cunning plan for the poison bubble wrap uh, would have succeeded if it wasn't for you pesky kids. And I think that's meow, meow. that's part of, partly that episode, like I said, trying to be too clever to try and like, and I think undercutting its own message because the literal words that the doctors say at the end of the episode are, are a lot better than what the actual thing that ends up happening in the episode are. But the problem is that they're so deeply undercut by the actual physical thing that is happening on screen that like, who gives a shit like about like, like I love a doctor, a good doctor speech. I love the doctor like get like trying to like try explain something to somebody who just doesn't get it. Uh, and we get a little bit of that in the witches episode as well um, here with like her talking to King James and whatnot. But yeah, I'm, I don't know. Uh, do you care? If, uh, am I, am I cutting in? Do, do you have more to say or do you, do you mind if I say something? No, go ahead, please. Um, I'm deeply conflicted about this episode because I think that it is continuing on the trajectory of uh, yeah, it's, it's Dr. Who, Definitely putting the humans and human problems at center stage and things that, you know, the and the stuff happening around it is sort of secondary. And and there's actually one thing that the Kurt Blam episode does better than I think previous episodes actually is that it weaves that sci-fi element into the human drama a little bit better than, than otherwise. Whereas here, the Morax, like the, I 100% agree with you. The Morax come and go. Like they, they don't, they get their big villain monologue. We know that they are, when they were imprisoned on earth for war crimes, 
But we never like have any idea what that means. Like, what were these war crimes? Who was defining what these war crimes were? And they literally come in like, uh, like talking like a teenage mutant ninja turtles villain. It's like we're going to spread fear and hate <laughs> and anger. It's just like wh- who is like doing th- like who sees them? Morax like totally like, sounds like a ninja turtle uh, enemy. Totally, they're the they're the cheesy goo uh, uh, monsters that live in the sewer. Um, they're made of mud and. I the, but what the episode's heart is where where it, where it actually wants to be talking about, and I think this is kind of increasingly the problem with this series so far is that it's it's a Doctor Who show that is, and I, I still think I like this better than the Moffat method, but it is a show it is now a show that is less interested in its sci-fi elements than it is in telling stories with those around the those elements. And it has not found a way to square them together very often. Like very rarely do they actually feel like they are like, it almost feels like the sci-fi elements are being added in at gunpoint, like at, like they, like uh, uh, against protest uh, by the writers. And they would much rather be writing a different show. Um, but just be uh, like, whereas I think the best doctor who is stuff that, and the best sci-fi in general is stuff that makes that stuff work together in tandem that, that allows you to have a sci-fi story that reflects your humanity back at you. Um, and this episode doesn't do that. It, 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 I get the message that they're going for. And the message is it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a much broader thing than we've seen this season. It's, uh, it's, it's about social pressure and like, you know, um, fear and like turning your insecurities outward and stuff like that. And like, you know, turning against community and how you use social pressure to tune the community against itself and stuff like that. But the problem with that for me personally, and I don't know if this is something that every high school kid in uh, Britain reads, but everyone I know who grew up in America, we read The Crucible. (laughs) I read The Crucible 20 years ago and I get it. Like, no, I know, I know how this goes. Like, yep, people lie for, people lie and prey on um, religious beliefs and and, like social systems to uh, try and, you know, uh, create their own like personal gain and stuff like that. And it would that's a fine enough message, but it's literally using a witch trial as the, as the impetus for all of this, which, you know, is the crucible. It is a hundred other stories about the, about that time uh, in the 1500s and stuff like that. And going past that, like, again, you, you mentioned it before too. Like we bring in, I think this is the first character we've seen all season that has been even like remotely um, queer coded uh, with King James, like Queen King James, if people don't know, like is, fairly historically regarded as probably being either bisexual or gay. He had like a secret tunnel to his uh, male lover. And it wasn't wasn't like hidden at all. And I don't think it was. No, it's it's like, it's like written in history books that he, uh, I think like tumbled and kissed men. (laughs) I think is what it is. But there is, uh, there is, there are some historians. (laughs) That sounds sounds like me whenever I'm home and I see like, uh, I see like cupcakes out. I'll be like, oh, oops, I just fell. And it was (laughs) Not tumbled in that sense. I think tumble is. Uh, is I think he wanted Ryan for one of his One thousand percent. Like the the we there was a lot of that stuff, and it is a little bit. The problem with that to me is it is a little bit uh, odd that this is the, the first time we've seen like even a queer coded character this season, and he's a complete asshole. And it's it's similar to the thing about the about whatever the fuck the janitor from from that previous episode before this from Curb Lamb, which is. There is room to have a conversation, perhaps, about the use of violence and stuff like that. But when you are presenting it as the only example of that stuff in the show, when the only mouthpiece for a certain like subset of people or a certain um, subset of political belief or whatever, when the only mouthpiece for it is represented is represented in this very stereotypical, very un. Uh, very uh, uninformed way, then that is all you have to go off of. That is your official stance on that thing because you have nothing else. Like Christine Love, a game developer, um, an indie game developer, talked about this once in an interview uh, that I did with her where she talked about how her games include many, 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 many queer characters because if you do that, if you, and it, we, you know, it, this applies to anything more than just gay characters or as well, or queer characters as well. Like this could be black characters. This could be men. This could be women. You know, it's going to be all kinds of different things. If you include multitudes of those characters, no one character speaks for that entire subsection of who they are. They are allowed to be bad people or good people or stereotypical people or not stereotypical people or sympathetic people or evil people. 
because you have other examples within the fiction. And this season has shied so far away from any of that stuff. And we know in the Doctor Who, you know, canon and universe that like humanity is largely pansexual, like nymphs in the future from the Russell T. Davies era and stuff like that. I was like to that. It was always played kind of for laughs, but in a good natured kind of way. We had Captain Jack and, and stuff like that. And when you start introducing things like this, it starts to make me really question, and again, this ties back into my feelings about Demons of the Punjab and Grip Lamb, it starts to make me really question where this, what this show actually believes in, what the people making mm -hmm. this show actually believe in, if they are just like concerned with the optics and actually have some shitty beliefs like at, behind it all, some shitty and We've been wondering beliefs. that, I mean, it, I wouldn't say it's, do we start thinking about it? We've been wondering about it for a while now. Like, what does this show actually, this season actually believe in? Because it's been, it's been so all over the place at nothing, at being nothing, that I don't really know what I, I don't know what to expect. I don't know what to, I don't know. It's been like the, the whole voyeurness of the Doctor could be a really cool hook, but it just seems sort of lazy now. You know, and I and I get that. Like at least this episode, she decided to do something, but it was only after uh, that she figured out that there's something alien happening here. Like that was the only time she really. It no, because like she jumped. She jumped into the water to get the to get the grandma. Who, who, in fairness to the doctor, the doctor was not able to save the grandma. But the way that whole scene is shot, it looks like the the grandma like drowns in thirty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> like, right, right, right. Exactly. Like she can't hold her breath for like one second. Which I don't know. She's she's an older older woman. Maybe that's a problem. <laughs> I don't know. But it looked very funny to me. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I I guess. I didn't. Um, I didn't love this episode personally. I didn't. Uh, I thought it was just another. It was middling. I think that's kind of what you said as well, Marcus and uh, Stephen. You may be leaning towards that as well. I didn't. I don't know. Sean, what? I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, because we haven't heard much from oh, hey. you on this episode. Yeah. Huh? Sorry, uh, can I just can I just interject one quick yeah. example? Um, <laughs> the, King, the King James, the King James. This guy. I'm not talking about LeBron, but King James is the guy who created the King James Bible, the standard version mm -hmm. that's used almost globally now to beat LBGTQ people over the head. I mean, because I, I, I'm basically, I just want to go back to Stephen's point that this guy was like so misinformed. He was bi or gay or whatever, um, but he was also a religious zealot. Can you imagine how tortured he was? But I just want to throw this out there that this guy was the the guy behind the the the, the sort of like the de facto version of uh, of the Bible. I mean, he's this is how much of a religious nut job he was, and the fact that the first sort of like um, gay leaning character in this season of Doctor Who was also somebody who down the line has created a lot of hardship for uh, the LGBTQ community with. Is Bible because a lot of people think that that's the definitive word of God, written by a gay or bisexual white man. Um, just goes to show how fucked up we are as a society, doesn't it? I thought I'd share that with everyone. Mm -hmm. I like that. Uh, Good observation. Homosexuality was I just looked it up uh, punishable by death for pretty much his entire reign as well. <laughs> uh, it was punishable. Uh, it was a criminal offense up until 1960 something in the UK. Sean. Hi. Hello. Yeah, back to you, Sean. That was good. I like that. I like the, the when we go full historical. Um, yeah, I think you – I don't – Steve, I'm really going to need the Cliff Notes version of that excellent but very long rant of yours. <laughs> Oh, I see. You um, just took off your headphones. You heard me talking, and you were like, no, well, I can go grab no, a glass no, of tea. No, 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 no. Well, yes, I am sipping my tea. But by the seven-minute mark, it just all started to sound the same. Um, and I don't mean that as a diss. It's my puny brain. Um, so I won't touch on the plot stuff. You guys have really nailed that, I think. Um, I don't know. This episode, I, I really wanted to like it a lot more than I think I do, now having reflected on it a little bit. Um, I, think it's a, I think it's a strong episode for The Doctor. I think this is... This is by far the best moments we have of this doctor, particularly like Steve. I think Stephen or Marcus said it when she's having that conversation with the king and they're doing their one-on-one -on -one thing. Uh, I still think it's very noticeable that 
um, she lacks any sort of rage or real anger. But I do think that this was the best yet um, to get a sense of, of what this character might be or be becoming. I do find it kind of odd. I, I feel like, and I don't know if this has been pointed out here or elsewhere, but I feel like the, the pacing was kind of off in this episode. It felt like it just kept jumping from point to point to point at, yeah, certain, yeah. at certain points. And, and the placement in the series is bugging me. Um, I, I think the show would have been better off if this had been earlier. And if you had put this before Rosa and before um, the the um, demons of the demons of Punjab, thank you. Um, I, I think it it it's just a very interesting sort of contradiction with the interfering. And I guess you can kind of lay it out that her her whole sense of non-interference at this point, she snaps and tries to save one woman. I, I guess, but I, I feel like the whole series would have flowed better if this was maybe four episodes ago. And they saved the more serious Rosa and everything. Because this was pretty goofy. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, it's it's classic Who, right? And it actually feels, this and the last episode, despite its shortcomings, actually feel more like Doctor Who to me than I think some of the other episodes have this season. Particularly with the performance um, of Alan Cummings and King James over the top. Uh, I, I know Marcus didn't like it. I actually thought that was very fun. And I thought that kind of was a highlight of the episode and elevated it a little more. Um, but I don't know. I, I just think that... It, it probably would have been better had it been earlier in the series. It feels um, like an episode three, you know, and it's, it's it's interesting because now you've got a doctor willing to interfere in this little bit of the witch hunts, but not somebody who was willing to interfere with the Rosa Parks incidents or um, you know in Alabama or a partition in Pakistan and stuff like that. So back to sort of the contradictions that are this series. Um, but I think that was. I think it would be less. Sorry, just I think it would bother me less if she hasn't been so inconsistent in other areas. But go ahead. I think it works with Rosa because Rosa was such a specific thing, was mm-hmm. such a specific moment where it's like, oh, we're in Lancashire and here's a town I've never heard of in, you know, a hundred years ago. And we don't really have any recollection of this being an important event or whatever. So, like, it's not that big of a deal. Whereas, like, with Rosa, it's like, oh, there's this extremely specific thing that is, like, in the history books that we know that this guy thinks he can change and is going to change. And if we interfere and, and mess up, we, we will yeah. – we could set it on a chain reaction. Um, I actually have more problems with the Doctor not, like, stepping in to, to burn down – curb lamb you know or not to like to like tear it all down from the beginning and and like say like hey this system sure. as it stands is you know yes so people create the systems yes people abuse the systems and stuff like that but there is a time when the systems become so corrupt and so like in like disentangled or, or too, too entangled and too unwieldy. We literally get that woman saying like, there is 10,000 people working on this moon. I can't keep track of all of them. It's like, well, it's a fucking problem that right. one person was in charge. Okay. To- okay. 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 Hey, I'm not yelling at you. I'm talking, I'm yelling <laughs> no, at you. No, I know, but you're doing your third kablam. I don't know. Yeah, Dally just move that, you know, just throw in that yelling, uh, <laughs> layer that over. But I agree. <laughs> I agree. And I think it's interesting with the fixed points versus, um, the not, but I, but again, I, I that I think kind of, I think it goes with my my personal preference that this probably should have been earlier in the series. No, I uh, I actually totally agree with that. Like I think um, that would have given us a better idea of where the doctor was going. Yeah, and I thought the flow was a little weird. I th- I think again, this was an episode where we all want to love the team, but there's not always a lot for the team to do, right? And I think that kind of shows with different characters in different episodes. Sometimes they exist just to spout lines back at us. Sometimes they exist mm-hmm. to remind us what the hell the plot is for the 15th time. Um, yeah. And I think Yaz, they, I, Sorry, Yaz once again had nothing to do in this entire mm-hmm. episode. I would argue Ryan, she had more to do than Ryan did, though. Uh, Ryan at least had interactions with King James. He, like, talked to King James and got him to open up about his but past. But Yaz went and, with the granddaughter and initially found the silly mud monster. I guess, but like Ryan was Ryan existed to be like sexual chocolate this episode. Yeah. Hey, Ryan always exists to be sexual chocolate. Yeah. Dally, you're a married man. Uh, <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, he can look, he can't touch. <laughs> no, no, but just, you're right, Stephen. Yaz was completely ineffective in this. Graham was almost ineffective if they didn't make him the witch master general for no witch finder general for. General? Which oh, man, and really, I mean, you could you could do the a whole dissertation. Place. You could do a whole dissertation on how they, um, 
how they sort of just fell into that and and really took to the role and then ended the episode as like oh we're dressed like witch hunters we're going to be witch right. hunters or whatever so oh, and, we're, and the, by the way i don't know if anybody else picked up on this the problem was solved by burning the witch like yeah. they yep. burned the woman to to win well <laughs> they did but like but that was with torches the- they were marching with torches uh, they yes, but uh, but like that was not what uh, the doctor wanted to do. That was that was very that was James and the doctor told him not to do that. She very specifically stepped in and said like, "Hey, don't don't do that," and then wouldn't Ren refused to talk to him until the end of the episode and like gave him you know gave him a gave him a stern talking to because that's, that's apparently all she does. It's, wasn't that the resolution with the torches in the tree and burning and uh, getting? No, she, she was reactivating the prison uh, with the torch um, to, to put I, the to put them back in the prison. But then James stepped in and, and she was like, "No, don't burn her. The prison is activating. It's going to suck her in. It's fine." And he was like, "No, I'm going to kill Satan." And and <laughs> oh yeah, this doctor who, by the way, doesn't believe in Satan, even though she fucking met him. <laughs> but but also like we we do get the thing at the end was like any advanced technology, sufficiently advanced technology, yada yada. yada. Yeah, right. But she literally met Satan. But it was, so. but Satan was an alien. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it exists, like. <laughs> but not not these people's conception of Satan, like that. That was what that episode said. Is as he broadcasted shit out into space, everybody sort of interpreted their own way. Right, it, but, it doesn't matter. It's it's the yeah. show. Once again, not you know. For the most part, it doesn't really. We'll have this argument off Mike really, Sean. Hmm. We'll, we'll continue this argument off Mike, Sean. Don't yeah. think you've gotten away. No, it's fine. Well, no, but Chibi doesn't really do a lot of referential stuff. I mean, before the I Fez mean, last Kerbalam episode. Kerbalam had, like, multiple references. It was the Fez. It was the Venusian Judo. There was one more, too, to, like, Capaldi, I think, or or Matt's. Or Agatha Matt's Christie, movie. I think. Oh, Agatha yeah, yeah. Christie, yep. yep, yep, yep. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, it, yeah. I will say the one thing I did appreciate, and I think it's interesting, it took – eight episodes to get there uh-huh. was the fact that she could not do the same thing she would have been able to do if she was a man. Yeah. And um, I know Marcus kind of, you know, he had his opinion on it. I, I appreciate that the series really, for the most part, has not beaten us over the head with it. Like, I think some people were afraid they would. Um, and I thought that it was handled fairly well in this episode. I, I didn't feel like it was, you know, I was beaten over the head over and over with it, but I thought it was actually, I thought it was time, you know, and, and I, I think it would have been a disservice if we had gone the entire season sure. without any sort of stuff like this, because this is the reality. Like if this doctor now is going to be going in all these different romps throughout human history, like that shit's not going to fly the way it used to. Mm-hmm. And, and that she was dismissed and belittled and talked down to and everything. And, and, you know, she's like, Oh, if I was a bloke and it's like, yeah, no, that's the point. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing more of that. I don't want it every episode. I don't want it, you know, hammered home and 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 <laughs> as Chibnall does, reiterated in the plot by four different characters eight different times. But oh, this episode is really bad for that. Ugh. But I thought it was fine. And if we get stuff like this here and there where it makes sense, and it makes sense in sixteen hundred England, um, I, I I liked it. I, I thought that it was it was well done given what they were trying to do. So let's give our ratings then. Um, how many, uh, how many handkerchiefs out of five do you guys give this one? I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it, uh, three and half a ripped handkerchief. So you're giving it a three and a half, Dolly? It's not giving it a three and a half. Okay. Yeah, I think I will too, actually, like three handkerchiefs and one covered with a little bit of mud on it. Um... Yeah, yeah, that feels right. Yeah, stop me anytime. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yep. Sean, Sean, Marcus, anybody? Um, probably a three again. Um, I, I feel like it's an episode that tries to do a lot and it mishmashes sort of the series tone of the witch trials with. Mm-hmm. The Doctor who alien mud people with the comedy, um, you know, Alan yeah. Cumming, James the First. And I don't – I think there are different parts of it that work, but I don't think they necessarily work together as well as they yeah. should. And I think it was really close, which is a bummer. Um, and I, I think – I feel like Kerblam would have benefited a lot more – from having a face on the company, somebody the Doctor could have right. rallied against and really gone against. Whereas this – Yes, exactly. Space Bezos, right? Space Whereas 
Whereas this episode, I think probably, I, I think it probably could have been much closer to a historical. I'm not saying it had to be 100%, but I don't think that the ultimate payoff for the mud people and the, the prison that existed for a billion years and was put back together by a tree, which I guess that'll stay there till the next time somebody does something stupid. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's another one where had they done the opposite and maybe just kind of kept it more vague and, and human evil-ish, or maybe, I don't know, maybe a different twist on aliens, then it might have been better served. But yeah, I, I guess I guess a three. I, I think there are parts of this that were solid. I think mm-hmm. we got some good characterization yeah. for the Doctor, um, but for the most part, it is, it's just not good enough. Yeah. So. My extra half star, by the way, is just because I think the Moraks look cool. Just, I think they look creepy. I think they look yeah, cool before they assume they're real forms. Yeah, or that one, only the one. Did the that, the zombie witches. Yeah, uh, Marcus. Two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's. I I respect that. All right. Well, good. Well, gentlemen, we went through two whole freaking episodes in one episode. That was that was mighty. That was mighty good. Some might call it a super episode. A super episode. Well, we only have two more episodes left in this season. Could you believe it? We have uh, next week, uh, you know, or I should say the second and the ninth. We will, um, maybe we'll do a, a like a wrap up, an, a wrap up episode after that. We have a few actually before the New Year's episode. So um, you're not done with us, but uh, we got at least a couple more left in this season proper. Uh, with that said, want to thank you all for joining us. You can find us at LonelyTardis.com. All over, uh, I think we're on Spotify. We are on iTunes. We're on all over the place. The YouTube channel will be up this uh, this weekend, so stay tuned for that. And the YouTube channel um, <clears throat> was going to debut last week, but uh, I was fat on American turkeys. Um We'll actually start with the very first Doctor Who episode. So I'm going to try to um, upload all of the Lonely Tardis, actually, not all the Lonely Tardis episodes we've ever done. So expect to hear um, some some good and some also good episodes <laughs> when we were still trying to find our way back in the the very first season of uh, of the show. But anyways, with that, you can find us at LonelyTardis.com. I think I mentioned at LonelyTardis on Twitter's. Find me personally at Dolly Demovsky. Where can we find you, Sean? Uh, at Sean Norton on Twitter. S-H-A-U-N-N-O-R-T-O-N. Steven, where can we find you? Some might call it a Dr. Hooper episode. Oh, my God. You can find me at, on Twitter at, at Steven Strom, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M, and you can read all of my work. I've muted Steven. That was a horrible... A- <laughs> I was hoping we could show people that we can end episodes better than Chibi can, but <laughs> nope. Nope. Steven, go ahead. Where did you, uh, what were you going to say? At Dr. Who, no, uh, it's uh, at fanbite. That's bite with a Y, uh, dot com, uh, where all my writing is now consolidated because I have a full time job now, uh, as a managing editor over at that website. We have a lot of very cool content, uh, some really cool freelancers, and I write some stuff too. Good. And, uh, Marcus, do you want to be found? No, you can't find me, so don't bother looking for me. Good deal. You can find him in the TARDIS. You can find him in Sheffield, apparently. He wrote the space whale after <laughs> he crashed from the moon. Space. Thank you, everyone. It's been fantastic. For those that celebrated uh, Thanksgiving, happy post-Thanksgiving. For those that are just getting ready to celebrate the holiday season, here we go. Throw those, throw the, that cash into the open Kerblam pit. We'll see you on the next Lonely TARDIS. You give Stephen an aneurysm. A Dr. Hooper episode. <laughs> Doctor Who invited this guy on the show. <laughs> 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 <laughs>